0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number one hundred and forty-two of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, how you doing? How was your weekend?
1: Weekend was great, man. It was nice and warm here. Uh, tried to stay inside. Had dinner with my girlfriend's family last night, which was awesome. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Saw awesome. her. Uh, saw her grandmother for the first time since pre-COVID. So that was. That was nice to see everybody's vaccinated now so we're starting to get back out into the world a little bit
0: (laughs) yeah was your weekend it was good i mean i had a five-day vacation so i had thursday friday saturday sunday and today off today being monday july 5th so uh staycations they're (laughs) very underrated i like it It it's very refreshing
1: it's a nice little recharge hey and you can get those few days off
0: yeah i mean i had intended on exercising a lot during this uh period however uh we had rain saturday and sunday and i think we had it friday too and it was just yeah it was impossible i got a little bit in but it was mostly walking in the rain which sucks uh i got a bunch in today though i did about five miles today so that's
1: nice that's a good little good little trek.
0: nice little clip yeah it tuckered me right out so i'm 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 good to sleep well tonight. Although I'm drinking some <laughs> Diet Pepsi right now from uh, Harvey's. I had some Harvey's for I treated that myself. Harvey's, Harvey's, <laughs> yeah, delicious. Um, we got a lot of news and shit to talk about, so let's just get right into it. But before we do that, Justin Anderson, uh, people can find us on Twitter at Bfmd Podcast. You can check us out on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. That Those are all the places you can find us. We do have our website. It's still uh, still around, Uh As always, thanks for listening to us, and uh, feel free to give us a follow there on uh, all of our internet channels. Justin Anderson, let's get into the news.
1: Let us do that indeed. yeah, so some some return to Toronto news has begun to surface. Uh, Toronto FC are coming they're they actually like they're flying back to Toronto and they're eyeing a return to play there on July 17th. and they're hoping to have uh, some fans in in the stands. Um, and with that announcement, momentum has picked up for the Blue Jays to make re- their return to Toronto. Uh, a couple of target dates would be July thirtieth. Or possibly August 20th those are when there are two uh, homestands the Blue Jays have said it would take them about three weeks to get everything ready for for a return to Toronto so we should hear some news here in the coming three four days at the latest on whether or not they'll be able to return uh, at the end of the month they're waiting for approval from the government still um obviously there's been some border restrictions that have lifted with people who are double vaccinated not having to go through that quarantine period anymore. Uh so it definitely eliminates a little bit of the the hiccups that would have been in place earlier, but I mean it, it's still still too early to say anything. I would be shocked if it happens July 30th. I would be more willing to bet on an August 20th return if it was me personally. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I think August 20th is more realistic. I was yeah. reading, uh, I think it was today or yesterday, that the because the Tampa Bay Lightning are uh, th- up three games to zero and it's looking like uh, they may end up uh, securing... I the the, yeah, yeah it, it looks like that may be the case. Uh, however, the family members of the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't being given that exception Yeah. to cross the border. So, unfortunately uh we've seen some really strange takes too about how tampa should just punt it so they can win it at home uh, that's that's, a, that's that's a bad idea no, uh you I don't nev-
1: never want to do that
0: <laughs> no you do not want to give any team an opening at all when it comes to coming back in the finals yes, any sport es- especially a team like the Habs who have the ability to to steal multiple games in short succession Do you really want to punt game four only to have Carey Price pitch a shutout in game five and then find yourself back at the Bell Center in game six in an increasingly hostile crowd? Uh, It just seems like it's uh, dumbassery. But I digress. The whole point of this is it's the federal government that's the holdup right now. It's not the provincial and it's not the municipal government. Right. Uh, So they just need that third green light from... uh, ottawa from uh, ottawa yeah and i don't think they're gonna get it in time to do the 30th that means they have a window of like 10 days here yeah where a decision needs to be made and i don't know if that's enough time to do it so i'm thinking august 20th
1: yeah that would be a pretty uh a pretty reasonable expectation i think um yeah. In all-star news, we already know that uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Marcus Semien, and Toscar Hernandez were, are, were voted as starters. But now Bo Bichette will be joining the boys in, in Denver as well. Pretty cool for Bo. Uh, obviously, Denver's where his dad, Dante, played most of his big league career. So I'm sure Bo's going to get a pretty good little cheer from the, from the crowd there. Be, hopefully, his parents will be in attendance too and be able to see him in that game. Uh, None of our pitching staff made it. We were hopeful for Robbie Ray and for Jordan Romano to be named All-Stars. Unfortunately, because every team needs to be represented, you can't have too many players from the same team that go. I think only Boston has more representatives than the Blue Jays. And obviously, they're a division leader right now, so that seems relatively fair. Um, Yeah, that's cool. Now, in John Axford news, since we're all really curious to see how he plays into the Blue Jay plans this year, uh, when Denny Jansen was activated off the IL, he was asked about Axford, and he said that uh, that he had caught him down in AAA, and he said that he was, quote-unquote, throwing bowling balls. I don't think there was a pitch under 97. So it's good yeah. to see the Axeman throwing gas, uh, as was reported from the Olympic qualifiers as well, too, when he was pitching for Team Canada. So that's that's good news. It could be uh, interesting to see uh, the 30, I think he's 37 years old now, the Axeman, get back to the big leagues
0: i'm excited about it because i feel like we need somebody like that in the pen although i am concerned as far as like it's great he has a yeah he is a he is a very good biting uh fastball but what's his second pitch yeah do you know what i mean
1: yeah i'd be curious to know how his breaking stuff is doing this year too because
0: yeah you can't you can't just come up and throw nothing but fireballs because eventually they'll catch up to you i'm not saying he's not ready or anything like that i just want to know i wish there had been more information about if he's throwing heavy heaters that's great that's a great sign right could come in and do an inning throwing nothing but like heavy heaters but you know I, i don't know if that's enough diversity in your pitches to uh because we know we know uh james dykstra throws 99 right 98 99 and and he's still uh up and down in double a and triple a shout out to james dykstra uh get well soon bud we know you're on the 60 day but hopefully he's back what do you think axe man are you excited
1: yeah i mean we've seen how rough our bullpen's been so anytime you can add a guy with some experience and if and if he's got the secondary stuff to complement that 97 mile an hour heater then i think it's worth a worth a shot anyway um in other roster moves a couple guys who have been in the bullpen this year with, with, with lefty travis bergen and righty jeremy beasley they both cleared waivers today patrick and were outrighted to AAA, so nobody claimed them when they were dfa'd so they'll report yeah. to buffalo or they have the option to elect uh, free agency, but they've both been assigned to the Bison's at this point. So looks like they're both still in the organization, and we could see them back in the future. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anything, to add on those guys? No, yeah.
0: not at all. I mean, this was expected, and the more that we add arms uh, in the coming weeks, which I imagine it's it's got to be inevitable. More, we'll see more players uh, get optioned down. I'd say the safest uh, guy uh in the bullpen is Jordan Romano and then after that it gets it'll be it'll be interesting, especially when with a guy like Rafael Deleeze coming back and not necessarily looking the best. We could have yeah. a total overhaul of our pen before we even get to like you know <laughs> the end of next week.
1: Yeah, which would be great because we got a we've got a reasonably tough schedule the second half of July. Yeah. Uh, lots of divisional games in there against the the Red Sox. I believe we get a couple of series against them. So it'll be important to uh, get some upgrades before that time happens, and hopefully you guys like Beraki are back by then. Uh, you've got a trivia question here. I'm not sure are you are you wanting to ask this to me or is this just a general general knowledge? Question? I, thought it would,
0: I thought it would be interesting. I was looking up the stats just to see who was heating up and if there was any if it was worth kind of. Uh, worth talking about today on the episode uh just curious see if you can answer these questions in the last 30 days which Toronto Blue Jays lead in the following stats so the first one is batting average yeah Um, I would say the only restriction to this is uh, anybody who played less than 10 games I didn't include okay
1: well I'm pretty sure it's Vladdy nope really I don't believe you
0: the answer is santiago espinal
1: oh oh you're going yeah. like really really off off the bench here <laughs> he,
0: no i mean he's he did he played 12 games in the yeah, last 30 days which...
1: i don't know if that's fair
0: uh well i mean okay so let's
1: <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's flat he's hitting like six close to 360 the last 30 games
0: all right here's what we'll do um <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to all players. Sort by last thirty days. Oh, for fuck's sake! Why is it... last thirty days? No, actually, uh Espinal played fifteen games. Oh, he only has thirty-five at bats. That's really okay. Yeah, maybe see, that's
1: that's very skewed. That's yeah, why I wasn't finding uh, a guy who has thirty-five at bats. That's actually, like ten games worth. All
0: right, all right. Fair <laughs> enough. The, the actual you're still wrong though. The answer is Beau Bichette. Uh, in the last 30 hitting... days or the last 30 games? 30 games.
1: Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that's wrong, too. but.
0: Nope. I looked it up uh, like, yesterday Bochette, after the game. Bobachet so. is hitting 349 <laughs> in his last 26 games. Vladimir Guerrero in his last 26 games is hitting 330. So yeah. suck it. Interesting. Uh, So we'll say in the last 30 games, who, who leads the team in OPS?
1: Um, Jeez. Sh- 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 well, if it, probably it's probably got to be Vladdy still
0: it's Vladdy, yeah, yeah it's absolutely Vladdy. he definitely doesn't
1: he definitely yeah he walks more than boba does too so. yeah
0: and his slug is <laughs> through the roof you got yeah. that one right and then the last one who leads the team at rbi in the last 30 games
1: Ooh, i think this one's either going to be it's either vladi or marcus samin i think one of those two pick one marcus samin
0: you're wrong. It's both. <laughs> oh, they're, they're tied. <laughs> they're t- they're actually tied <laughs> at 22. Oh wow! So I was, uh, and and Bobichet, Bobichet has 20.
1: Yeah, at the top Bo- of that. I just just based on like all the box scores that we've looked at the past episodes, just how many times those guys, those three guys, have kind of carried the lineup. That's uh,
0: it's not it's surprising. Funny. At the beginning of June, I was very critical of Bobichet because his average had dropped down as low as I think it was like 250 something. Yeah. Uh, and then on his last 30 games, his last 30 games not the team's last 30 games, he's hitting 336.
1: Yeah, he's really come around.
0: <laughs> and he actually he's starting to take walks too uh in that A same few more. period. Yeah. yeah, his OBP is 385, so like obviously all-star caliber. Slug is uh much lower, 488 compared to Vlad, but he's not really I mean, I guess he is. He has 15 home runs.
1: Yeah, he's third on the team tied with Gritchik, I think for for home runs marcus samin like top 10 in the league for home run hit- hitters too right i know now, so which is that dude's just uh playing Mash his way it. into a massive payday yeah i know
0: and it won't not, be not only Toronto, is he paying now he's got
1: like he's like oh yeah i can also play second base so he's now a shortstop and a second baseman and he's top 10 in the league in home runs and like ops like just southern 900 so yeah he's having a better year than he did in 2019 which is incredible which is incredible.
0: A part of the reason why I picked Santiago Espinosa is because I just wanted to highlight the fact that coming oh, off yeah. the bench right now, he is one of one of the hottest hitters that we have on the team. Uh, and actually, in his last seven games, he's hitting three seventy five. During that stretch, uh, he sixteen at bat. Yeah. So well, he's, the, he's... the
1: Buck and Tabby made a good point the other day when they're talking about espinel has been really playing third base when they've got Strip and Ryu playing on the, on the mound because both those guys are heavy ground ball pitchers, and they have and he's yeah. he's obviously their best defender at third base. So
0: he, interesting to point out. Before before we traded Panic, he wasn't really an everyday guy. No. But now that we've traded Panic, uh, July he played July first, second, and third. He did not play yesterday. Uh, he had the day off.
1: Yeah, he didn't play yesterday. Uh,
0: but he seems to be getting at least three games a week, uh, sometimes as a pinch hitter. Yep. Yeah. But after he hit that home run, I think we might see him. He's very close, I think, to being every day. Th- 3B, the problem is there's nowhere for Kavan to play. Unless yeah. Unless they DH him.
1: It was nice to see him uh, get get that start at second base when they, because they DH'd Bo the other day and and then put uh, yeah. Marcus over at, at, at shortstop. So, uh, Kevin's def- just definitely better at second base than any other, other position. So, hopefully that's his kind of position next year when when Samin is gone. But, yeah, uh, we get to see him get some run there instead of at third base. He's just not a natural third baseman. But
0: Espinel anyway. all gives us that diversity like or the flexibility. Like It makes it really, really easy to mix and match people and give yeah. give guys days off, which For is incredible. For sure
1: um getting into some results now the blue jays played tampa bay over the weekend uh, friday saturday sunday they were able to take the first two games before dropping sunday's finale in what was kind of ugly fashion uh game number one was it was an 11 to 1 game but the story was really all about alec manoa this kid was dominant like he came off his five game suspension Uh, he had dropped his appeal after he had lit up the marlins uh, last weekend uh and he ended up going seven innings only three hits one walk and 10 strikeouts so there's the second most strikeouts in a game by a blue jays rookie and he struck out seven in a row at one point which was a new franchise record so uh this dude was just lighting it up like his era on the season patrick is down to 270 i believe that's in like seven starts now so uh yeah. starting to get starting to get more of a sample size and he's gone six innings and in a lot of his starts i think this might have been the first time he worked seven complete uh, but it was awesome to see that. What, what do you have to say about Manoa in that game?
0: You know, I after the bad start that he had were, and then he got tossed, I was concerned that he was going to be a little bit of a Bronco for us and that he was going to be and with uh, all the hit-by-pitches too. I thought he'd be a little bit of a wild guy. Uh, However, the discipline that he had in that start gunning down – uh the rays like that it was just so utterly dominant the game is over functionally after the second inning uh however the domination just continued on and i thought maybe we might see him go on to see if he could get the complete game but you know when you're up by that many they had scored three in in the bottom of the seven so it just didn't make sense
1: yeah it wasn't wasn't worth risking injury when he's pitching that well he'd already thrown like 109 pitches at that point and a lot of high effort ones too with the 10 strikeouts so um,
0: yeah Al geyer though getting the ninth.
1: yeah algeier got his big That's league cool. debut and was rewarded by being optioned back to triple a the next day so <laughs>
0: God, it's so frustrating sometimes to see yeah, that but I anthony understand.
1: Castro came back up um he did give up a run and hit his, his eighth inning but did strike out a couple of batters so he was yeah. back up from AAA where he had just been sent down. Uh, offensively, obviously, there was a lot of uh, mashing that went on. Uh, George Springer hit the first pitch he saw in the first inning for a home run of Luis Patino. Uh, Marcus Samin hit his 21st, and Vlad Guerrero went the other way in the, uh, in the seventh inning uh, for his 27th of the year. Uh, yeah, it was uh, offensive display, 11 runs on 12 hits. The Jays walked four times, struck out nine. Uh, everybody except for Gritrick in the starting lineup had a hit. Um, Gritch, is, Gritch is a little bit cool at that point, so. Uh, but it was great to see the lineup just kind of just absolutely mash. That's how you want to start a series against the against the Rays.
0: It was a statement win, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, helped out build run differential for us there too. Uh, <laughs> Saturday, July 3rd, the Blue Jays doubled up the Rays 6-3. to Ross Stripling gave the Jays 5-2. and Of a one-run ball, he did walk three, uh, struck out five, and the one run he allowed was on a solo shot. ERA on the season, Patrick, is down to four oh six now for Yay. a friend of the show, Ross Stripling. Uh, Adam Simber actually picked up the win. His first win as a Blue Jay. He worked an inning and gave up one hit. Tim Meza struck out three batters in his inning and a third. And then Jordan Romano ended up giving up a couple of uh, runs. He walked two batters, and they came around to score uh, in the ninth. But his ERA still sits at one seventy-six on the year. The Jays got to uh, the Rays' uh, the Rays pitching staff in the sixth for five runs. They scored six runs on six hits. Uh, it was a much different story. Though. The, the the first game of the series, it was really all about the top half of the lineup. This was kind of the meat of the order. Uh, we had Guerrero, Springer. And uh, Hernandez with a hit apiece. Springer went deep again. He hit the first pitch he saw in that game. Second day in a row, he took the first pitch he saw for a home run. Pitchers aren't going to throw him first pitch fastballs anymore. Um, and then Espinal hit his first home run of his big league career in the sixth inning uh, with with uh, one on and two out. So congrats to Santiago Espinal on his first Huge. career home run.
0: That was game-changing.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Biggio had a two-run double as well in that inning. Uh, he's hitting two thirty six on the season with an OPS over seven hundred. He walks so damn much. He's been hitting really well since he came off the IL. Um, and yeah, that was really the story of the game, was that five-run sixth inning, and then obviously Romano gave up two, but by that point it was too late. The Rays had committed their two errors in that game. They were up to three errors in the series through two games. A little bit shaky on defense.
0: Yeah, it was an ugly game for Tampa. Um, I would say when it comes to the pitching... Uh, Strips was okay. Uh, I don't know how to how to diplomatically say it, but it looked like there were some control issues. Yeah, he's a little uh, bit
1: off, but I mean, he's he able was, to battle. So
0: he battled his way out of all the all the ugly situations, which is something that he hasn't had to do in it in you know his previous thirty something innings of work. Yeah. Uh, since he started to get hot, however, um, because he. You know, because we went into the bottom of the sixth in a tie game, it was still, you know, walking out with a no decision, uh, and obviously he has some stuff to work on for the next start, and I imagine he will bounce back uh, the same way he has uh, routinely now in in the last month and a bit. So. Yeah,
1: any anytime you if you if you were to tell somebody that he walked more batters than he gave up hits, you probably think that it went much worse than it did. But it was only two hits allowed and three walks. So, weren't weren't a ton of base runners for the Rays in this game.
0: Yeah, and and the home run was in the fourth inning too, and there was nobody nobody, nobody on, on So there was yeah. not really a lot of damage. Um, and you take that run away, and you know it's. I mean, it was as good as could be expected. Uh, Romano looked. Not great in the ninth. No,
1: and they brought him in the non-save situation too, which I was kind of surprised by. They had him warmed up, and he hadn't worked in a few days, so I understand yeah. giving him some work, but um, I don't know. I, I'm never really a fan of using your best reliever when you're up by five. I know they wanted to close the game out and just get the win, which which he ended up doing, but they might have needed yeah. him on Sunday.
0: I would have. I would have put Trent Thornton in that position, but I understand... Oof people would have would have i don't really trust trent thornton right now (laughs) yeah but we're at that point we were up by uh five and we only needed three outs
1: yeah well we've seen how that goes in a few times Uh, he's been given
0: he's given up a lot of home runs recently uh however you gotta these guys this is the same thing montoyo keeps saying is these are the guys we've used all season they're the ones who are here they're gonna play they're gonna play in a non-save situation, I agree with you. I would not have put Romano in there, um, but it turned out to work in our favor because we didn't need Romano the next day.
1: Yeah, and the Jays, as Patrick just alluded to, did not win on Sunday. They lost 5-1. to one. Yes. It was kind of a rough game for Beau Bichette. Um, he had two errors in the field. One is a feeling error, one is a throwing error. And he was also yeah. picked off on first base as well, too. Um. So it was just really
0: ugly, ugly pickoff.
1: It was bad. Yeah, he was going on first movement, and McHugh just didn't really move. He Bo just tried to jump him and and time it, and he did not time it. McHugh stepped off, and he was out by a lot. Um. There was another play in this ninth inning that really cost the Jays any chance of coming back. Too, they were down two to one going into the ninth. Ended up giving up three runs. A uh, big part of that was the fact that uh, there was a runner on second with nobody out. Delise had given up a double. Rafael Delis was just back off the IL, by the way. And then there was a line drive hit to right field, which would have been about uh, two steps behind Teoscar Hernandez. Let's like he was just back out twice, but he came in on it first and then tried to go back yeah. and was over his glove. Uh, <laughs> It was scored a double, but in reality, it was an, a fielding error. But they don't score those doubles; he didn't really make a play on it. Or they don't score an error because he didn't make a play on it. So the Jays technically had three errors in this game, <laughs> uh, which which isn't ideal. Um, they ended yeah. up so the so the, the go ahead run or the the third run scores for Tampa there, so it's three to one. And then they ended up getting Austin Meadows, who hit the ball at third base as they he, he tried to advance his double into a triple. So, but then Delise did give up a. Uh, Two more runs for three total in the inning, just didn't look great. He had only got one out. Uh, Sastedo came in and was able to mop up some damage, uh, but it was already too late by that point. The Blue Jays were down five to one. The Rays brought in Diego Castillo, who throws gas, and yeah, they couldn't get anything going. So um, there's a lot of people wondering why they had brought Delise into the game. He hasn't been good in high leverage situations all year. Fresh off the IL, you would think that you maybe want to work him back in and maybe a low, little mid leverage kind of middle innings, uh, spot. But instead, they they seem to just think of Dolis as twenty twenty Dolis when he pitched in in the eighth and ninth innings, and he hasn't been that all season. So I don't know how much more he has to blow before he stops getting those leading opportunities. But did you think he should have been in that situation, Patrick? No. Yeah, and again, because you had used your mono the day before, if what if you what if you were you're down two to one there, you bring your you bring your mono in in that situation in the ninth inning, and he shuts the door, then you're down one, and you can have to score one run off the raise closer instead of four. So it's a bit of a different different ask. So one of the reasons why you shouldn't use your closer when you're up by four runs or up by five runs, excuse me, the day before. So yeah, just some interesting bullpen management in that but, series.
0: I mean that being said, who else are you going to put in that situation? Yeah, I know. There's I not know. Really you, a... don't wanna, you don't want
1: to you don't want to see Chatwood or Thornton in a one run game.
0: Nope. Uh Delis is back and, you know.
1: Yeah, Simber had already pitched. They could have maybe tried to stretch Simber into two innings that that game, but
0: uh, I wouldn't. Um, yeah. They you know what? Ray gave us uh this is actually
1: two run ball.
0: <laughs> he would he looked he looked good but not great like the yeah. rest of his performances uh it wasn't striking guys out but he was getting that the, like. he was more efficient
1: with his pitches in this one like the last few starts he's yeah. had he's been like out of the game after four innings because he's been just throwing too many pitches
0: yeah he got knocked around a bit um but he was still enough to get a seven uh it sucks because he takes the l and then on an otherwise pretty good performance yeah i mean
1: uh, anytime you can get Give up two runs over seven innings from a starting pitcher, you're you're looking pretty good.
0: The boys are just out of gas, I guess.
1: Yeah, and and Yarbrough just seems to shut us down oh, every time.
0: That reminds me, I want to talk about Ryan Yarbrough. You could tell during the broadcast, uh, you saw it many times uh, when uh, Jays were striking out at the plate; they were getting really frustrated. Yeah, even though it was swinging strikes, they were going down at. Uh, Vladdy was pissed.
1: Vladdy was very uh, mad. He slammed his helmet down.
0: He's yeah, and that we normally do not see uh, Vladdy without a smile on his face, but he was not happy that he got caught swinging at uh, Yarbrough's junk. Yeah, and people, I know there was a clip that was around uh, the baseball subreddit r/slash baseball. Mm-hmm. I think it was a week or two ago about Yarborough, and it was about uh, Dennis Eckersley was just slamming Yarborough uh, for, like, a full, like, 10 minutes on the (laughs) podcast, but it was all condensed into, like, 90 seconds. And he was so hypercritical of Yarborough because he works slow, but he's also, because he throws a lot of off-speed stuff, and I think his best, or not his best, but, like, his fastest pitch is, like, I think it's an eighty-six mile an hour cutter or something like that. Yeah, like mid '80s cutter, and it's like he knows what he's doing. He's just
1: pitching people to death out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's 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 grinding them down with. He's got so much uh, in his arsenal as far as off-speed stuff and the cutter and and uh, the curve. It it all kind of looks the same. Yeah, Although same this, arm slot. With yeah, exactly with the with the arms. Or with the speeds varying like that, it's really frustrating. And the other thing too is like a lot of his stuff hooks across the zone, and it'll come either like really inside, and it's tempting. You want to swing at it because it's coming around, right? Uh, yeah. But guys, guys are whiffing on it. And I, I gotta say, like watching the performance, like obviously I want the Jays to win every game. But watching Ryan Yarbrough pitch, if you're, if you're a fan of pitching, like you don't mind it. Because he's doing weird shit yeah and you'd, it's like, you'd rather be
1: used to a guy who pitches well than just because of all the errors that were made
0: <laughs> it was just I was just really impressed with Ryan Yarbrough in, in that game and I felt like it, it I wanted to bring it up during yeah, our podcast definitely worth being said he's he's got such an interesting delivery and if you look at like his the like the charts yeah of, of his zone so much of his stuff is like he just gets so many swinging strikes on stuff that's way out of the zone, and it's so frustrating because you look at his stuff and it's it looks like it's like meatballs. double <laughs> it looks like meatballs and double A level shit. Like guys trying to learn how to use their curve, but he's so smart and effective that it's very deceptive. And I like that kind of I like guys who can throw junk that that get swings and misses that's why i'm a huge tom gladden fan because he would do that all the time um i think that's enough uh (laughs) pumping the tires on ryan Yarbrough. yeah uh
1: so with the two to one series win the jays picked up one game on the Rays. they're now four back instead of five the jays sit at 43 and 39 they're eight and a half back of the division leading red Sox. four back of tampa bay in the division and the wild card uh and uh they are they're currently uh, right behind Seattle Seattle's got a, a half game on us they've played a couple extra games uh the current wild card standings have tampa and Oakland in the wild card tampa at 48 and 36 oakland at 49 and 37 then it's Seattle at 45 and 30 and then your blue jays at 43 and 39. It's worth noting that out of non-playoff teams, the Blue Jays are the only team with a positive run differential at a plus 73. It's actually third in the American League behind Houston and the Chicago White Sox. So uh, the Jays definitely have been underplaying their expected win-loss on the season based on uh, starting pitching and offense. It's just, of course, been a lot of bullpen games that have been blown. Um... It's looking like it's going to be somewhere between 87 and 90 wins needed for the wild card spots. The Jays, according to Fangraphs, are projected to finish the season with 87 wins. Uh, the Athletics and the Rays are projected to win 88, and those would be the two wild card spots. The Jays and Yankees are both at 87 right now, so it's going to be close it's coming down to the wire there. Uh, it's worth noting that the Red sox are projected now to win 95 games so the, the the projections show that they should firmly win the division but that could still change Of course the Red sox are waiting for Chris sale to come back so that could make a huge difference for them but uh, it's, it's worth noting that hey we're, we're based on projections we're basically one game out of a wild card Patrick Marsh
0: yeah it's worth noting too that as of right now uh tampa bay has played two more games than we have yeah uh, and they're actually playing a third one right now and uh brandon Lau just hit a grand salami hmm. uh, off cleveland so it's worth noting cleveland that's a team that we're competing against yeah. to uh, try to they're move half up in a the game stands. behind us so even if tampa happens to win today uh that'll bump us down to four and a half back of the wild card however we will have three games in hand gotta win them um and the games against baltimore are going to be very juicy opportunities for us to make up some ground um i don't who knows though maybe cleveland comes back after uh after that salami
1: good uh good segue patrick marsh because uh the games against baltimore are what are coming up next we've got tuesday wednesday thursday at camden yards the starters yeah. for your Blue Jays are Steven Matz, Jin Ryu, and Alec Manoa on Thursday. All games are at 7.05 Eastern Time. The Orioles have not announced their starter as of now uh, for tomorrow's game. It's still TBD on MLB.com, so we're not going to report any speculation. Uh, Wednesday is going to be Ryu versus Matt Harvey, who the Jays are going to see for the third time this year and who they've had their way with. And then on Thursday, it will be Manoa versus Keegan Ake and another guy that uh, is not having a good season. Both starters for the Orioles have ERAs above seven. Um, so on paper, it's looking pretty favorable for the Jays, but it's worth noting, Patrick, I was doing some digging today because the, the Jays hadn't announced, their, they hadn't officially confirmed their starters until about an hour before we recorded. And I was looking at some splits, at some team splits. And I was, I was of the opinion that maybe the Jays should give Hunjin Ryu a couple extra days off just based on how shaky he's been in his past couple starts and, and you save him for Tampa Bay. And the stats kind of back me up. So I was looking at uh, teams versus left and right handed pitching. So looking at Baltimore, they're actually the second highest average in Major League Baseball against left handed pitching this year. They hit 273 against lefties, Patrick Marsh, mm. uh, versus Tampa Bay, who is way down the list at 23rd and hit 227 against left-handed pitchers so it's a pretty big disparity and now of course we're throwing two lefties we're throwing both Steven Matz and Hunjin Ryu I was kind of hoping that the Jays would maybe throw Ross Stripling in this series instead of Ryu Uh, they had the day off today so they could have bumped Manoa to Wednesday and put Stripling up on Thursday but they're not going to do that and if you look instead at right-handed pitchers Patrick Marsh Uh, Baltimore Orioles against righties have the third worst average, 221. Tampa Bay Rays hit 230. So the Rays don't hit much better against lefties or righties, but Baltimore has a 52-point average difference between lefties and right-handers. That's pretty significant. So I was of the mind that maybe they should have pitched Stripling and Manoa in the final two games instead of Ryu in this series. But they're not going to do that. They're going to keep guys on their regular schedules, which does line Ryu up um, to not pitch again before the All-Star break anyway. So I was like, why would you just not give him... Maybe just give him an extra couple days. He's going to have the All-Star break anyway. Um, So we'll see. But regardless, they're not doing that. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, Conveniently, the Blue Jays actually hit the best against right-handed pitching in Major League Baseball at 268 as a team average. So... Uh, we've got a tasty ready and Matt Harvey in Game Two, and our left-handed splits are actually pretty good as well. The Jays are uh, seventh in big leagues at 258. So there's not too much of a difference. Houston hits 287 against uh, lefties. Patrick, that's pretty insane. They just they just mash left-handed pitchers, but well, uh, they, they have the best offense leading. in the league right now. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was gonna say. that's why they're leading the division yeah it's worth noting um and this is stupid i shouldn't even be pointing this out but in <laughs> four of his last six starts steve Matz has conceded at least four runs yeah i'm not a big fan of cherry picking stats like that uh however uh it's it's worth posing the question at least because it, i almost feel like Matt versus Harvey would have been a better matchup. Just bump everybody a day and go bullpen versus TBD.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. But
0: uh, Well, I mean, or something. It's You've just got like, five
1: healthy starters. You shouldn't use a bullpen day.
0: Yeah, I I just... The match, I don't know. Just because they're so good at left-handed hitting and Matt Harvey is pretty much a gimme for us. Yeah. He's been so... He's he struggled so much. I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me. Like, I don't maybe not bullpen but i mean is there any who's i guess it's matt's
1: it's matt's uh i was hoping for matt's manoa stripling in that order because they could have used today's off day as like a day in the and a turn of a rotation and they could have just kept everybody on their normal rest and they could have put manoa on wednesday and stripling on thursday but yeah, we're not gonna do un- that unfortunately we're
0: gonna get double we're gonna get a double scoop of of matt's this week then cuz it'll yeah, be him. We will. It'll be him on Sunday then uh, yeah. against uh, presumably against uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay which yeah. means strip uh strip C gets the opener Ray uh, gets the second one. Robert Ray is gets the second one and then yeah, Mattson is the third unless eight dimensional chess Juan ryu goes again on sunday yeah he wouldn't do
1: that <laughs>
0: no on four days rest i don't know no probably not
1: Not gonna um, happen. um but yeah that's i just thought it was interesting to point out those those split numbers because of the fact that the orioles are so much worse against right-handed pitching and yeah. we could have kept we could have thrown two right-handers against them on regular rest but it, it is what it is everybody's gonna get an extra day off with the off day Nice to get a little refresher for those pitchers, and then they'll actually, obviously all of them are going to have the All Star break with no none of them going to Denver, so we should have a pretty fresh rotation and bullpen coming back after the All Star break. But yeah, that's that's going to that's going to do it for us. Uh, one more thing I want to point out: uh, everybody's favorite catcher right now, Reese McGuire. He's four for his last nineteen. Patrick, that's a two oh, eleven average. Oh,
0: for God's sake.
1: So everyone was talking about how he's the next coming of Christ and how he's going to be the starting catcher going forward. And, yeah, he's, he's cooling off. I just wanted to point that out. He was fueled by a BABIP uh, disparity. His BABIP was, like, almost 400. So that's not going to happen for a full season. Oh, totally sustainable. Okay,
0: but it's it's 19 at-bats. If he has two extra hits, you say nothing.
1: Exactly. So it's I'm just pointing it out that he has cooled off. He's still hitting 349 in his last 15 games, but his last seven haven't been great. So just want to point it out. Just everybody who thinks Reese McGuire is so great. Uh, (laughs) But that's going to do it for us. Uh, We'll be back uh, sometime over the weekend, likely uh, maybe after the, the Tampa series. We can't really preview that one since we We know who's going to start for the Blue Jays, theoretically, uh, but we don't want to preview too far ahead just in case things change and we look like idiots. Uh, But for Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, Justin Anderson here in Saskatoon, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Listen to the show. We're hosted on Anchor. Shout out to them. Listen on Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, so much more. You can find all of the shows in blog form on BFMDpodcast.com. Thanks again for taking the time to listen to us. Give us a follow, give us a review, send us your questions and we'll talk about them the next time we record.